This is Shaka Wartspeak. Hey, welcome to Shaka Wartspeak. This is Gareth Blackwell with Ryan Letario, and we are proud to introduce our first 30 Below series episode that we are doing. So um, just to catch you up with things, in case you don't know offhand, what this is, is these are small, what we're calling laughably micro conversations because they can only go for 30 minutes no matter what no matter what we're getting cut off at 30 minutes so want to jump right into it and not waste too much of our time so where we're starting this week is um we had a question come in from johnny Utterback, who you may um recognize from the music to our show so he's uh also the soundtrack to our documentary the builder which will be we're we're releasing in different ways it's going to be hitting a um uh, film festival circuit. So yeah. be looking out for that. We'll be having different ways for you to access that movie soon. Yeah. Fantastic. So Johnny's been a fantastic yeah. friend of Shaka Art Space yep. for a long, long time. Uh, so we're <laughs> pleased to have this question come in from him. So he was interested in the cultivation of inspiration versus the infinite scroll of social media. And so his question was really hitting at, um, how do you, how do you actually be engaged with social media? Uh, in order to see what's going on with folks and how people are doing their work and what's going on and to really have some sort of inspiration from what's there, but not to get so bogged down into it that becomes kind of an anchor for you. And so you know, he was wrestling with, you know, if I delete Instagram and I'm not there, are people not looking at me the same sort of way as an artist? Um, and if I don't delete it, how do I not get bogged down with this? So where do you want to jump off from that, Ryan? Whoa. So yeah, I think we're, I think we've been getting a lot of social media questions. So that's going to be I guess that's going to be a, a thing we keep kind of. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of this social media thing. It feels, feels like people think it's a big deal or something. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. A- ask the question again. Um, sorry. Of course you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's a. Uh, it's, it's the um, time frame. I'm, I'm feeling the pressure. Yeah, 30 minutes. It's such a short conversation yeah. for most folks, right? So cultivation of inspiration versus the infinite scroll. So how do you cultivate inspiration in something like social media, but not get so bogged down in the infiniteness of it? Whoa. So, wow. I mean, how about this? How about we step back a little bit and maybe we even talk about inspiration in the first first place so that we can get to the fact of how could social media do that in the first place? Sure. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think uh, the Greeks thought inspiration was like uh, it came from somewhere mysteriously. It's like divine revelation sort of thing. Yeah. Um, sort of divine, divinely inspired, maybe not even necessarily revelatory, but just um, an internal provocation, mm. uh, a heightened uh, internal state. Um, and, you know, so some people might think of that as like a heightened state of, of mental clarity um, or um, lucidity and, uh, and therefore an, a more sort of an easier way towards something more robust or, or, you know, you know, so, uh, gosh, that song was so fantastic. Well, I was inspired, mm-hmm. you know, I was, uh, I was attuned to a heightened state. Uh, some kind of inward reality was upon me for a, a moment. And it's like, I got a glimpse into something. It's like, uh, getting a glimpse. Okay. So it, it, inspiration assumes a, orderliness over and against the chaos. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is it's like uh, an inward, an internal provocation that has external implications on the complexity of the the frame of the world. So 
you got a cleaner glimpse into the inner workings of some aspect of whatever context you're thinking about and you got to it more lucidly and clearly. Therefore, whatever you make resonates or works. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's it's there's a way in which inspiration concedes that there's more there than not. Mm-hmm. Historically speaking, I think we we've, we've gotten you know more casual with the idea of inspiration than than maybe the way you know folks thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've got, we've kind of got our own sort of modern mythology about inspiration. Yeah. Uh, if you think about, uh, just, just go back in your mind to when you were in elementary school and you learned about different figures in history. Right. Right. There are these, uh, inspiration moments that just change things. Right. So, yeah. so Newton sitting under the tree and the apple falls on his yeah. head, probably not remotely a real idea. Um, but there's something that says that in that moment there was a, a culmination mm-hmm. that then has trajectory. Yeah. Um, we hear the same thing, you know, Christopher Columbus is like a, a, a younger person sitting on a dock and he sees the bend of the horizon and he mm-hmm. suddenly says, oh, the world is round. Right. You know, which uh, make for fantastic anecdotes. Yeah. Right. But they don't exactly make for any sort of helpful like uh, plot plan for how you yeah. understand inspiration in your life as an artist or designer. Yeah. I mean, you know, so when you think about like uh, uh, Olympic feats, Story, they're put into a narrative framework and you saw someone from like from a uh, a place of have nots overcome those to an ultimate have uh you know so like extreme poverty lack of infrastructure kenyan runner um wins the boston marathon or you know the olympic marathon and mm-hmm. and uh then people say well that was i'm inspired and so there's a heightened sense of internal determination to then transfer that narrative external expression into uh where where do I need to over where can where am I feeling like it's impossible for me and and uh and yet if they can so can I I'm inspired mm-hmm. you know there's some some you know that's that's a very popular I think way that we we think about what we call inspirational stories or um people is uh, oftentimes it's predicated on some kind of adversity and overcoming. Um, so inspiration has changed. I mean, that's why, you know, that's, I always refer to Plato, but that's why they, that's why they acknowledge the power, the, the, the mysterious power of inspiration clearly had influencing impact on society, but yeah, no one could test where the um, inspiration came from. No one knew. So without knowing that we could, the, the whole the whole idea with Plato, I think, was like, you, their artists are inspired, but we don't poets are inspired, but we don't know what to do with them, because yeah. we don't know where their power comes from, and so uh, we don't. I.e., I don't know if that actually is uh, tameable because it comes from somewhere else and descends on us, as opposed to um, something that we're doing of our own volition. Yeah, so and that's so why in the Republic trust we throw it. them out of the city. That's right. right. You say yeah. it, not that we don't value what the poets. Do, yeah. but there's something volatile about them yeah, with this inspiration piece. It's un, it's unstable. Yeah. And so that, so, you know, when you're talking about being a maker, there's a lot of trace elements of the idea of the inspired maker is, is also the one that's unstable. And so you have a lot of folks that revel in that idea of inspiration without really, you know, anchoring it. And, but then you have your sort, sort of more sentimental. Um, and it's true. Like when you see a Will Smith movie and you know, the, the guy that, 
uh, with Will Smith and his son, where he's a becomes a banker. Yeah, yeah. true story. It's inspiring. You know, it 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 uh, it's you know maybe it, it's uplifting. We say things like that. It's uplifting, or um, so there's two different ideas of inspiration there. Uplifting says that it didn't come down down to you, mm-hmm. but it started where you're at and lifted you up. Yeah, or something. You see, what I'm saying like there's some mm-hmm. some some uh, different understandings of force. Yeah, I mean, where, where my mind goes with this is uh, whenever I think of the word uh, inspire, it, it's never quite alone. It's, mm-hmm. you know, inspired by and yeah. inspired to. Two. That's right. right. So it's it's a, it's like a central point, like a fulcrum of sorts, where from one side, something is actually like affecting you towards something. Yeah. And then, uh, or from from the other side looking at it it's almost compelling you towards something right so mm-hmm. it's a push or a pull there's mm-hmm. there is some sort of external mm-hmm. thing that's there and the the big question with inspiration then comes into like how do we understand it where does it come from right and there have been you know countless discussions hundreds of books written about this sort of yes. stuff but i think one of the best ones that probably is most uh, most effective in the conversation today um, probably about a decade ago now, a guy named Steven Johnson wrote a book called Where Good Ideas Come From. Mm. He had an entire chapter where he talks about um, ideas not being singular things, but instead it's kind of a culmination, or he refers to it more specifically as like nodes within a network. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when you have inspiration, what it is, it, it is actually kind of a, an, an aggregation mm-hmm. of all these other things that mm-hmm. have been coming in. So it's not that you sit there and out of nothing, something like genius is born, mm-hmm. but instead you have this huge accumulation of all the things that you've, you've kind of seen and, and been a part of. And those things actually spark the inspiration once enough of them or certain ones of them get into the right sort of order or whatever. Yeah. That There's goes still back a to, mysticism in well, that. That's right. But that goes back to my point. So when I said that it's, it, there is an inherent assumption uh, embedded within that there is an orderliness, a fittedness to things, right. so that things uh, fit together. And when they do, they they harmonize, they resonate, they work. We we say all these different kinds of things. We might undercut it by saying it works for me, but that's what we really, that's what we're, that's what's really being alluded to. And so you know, it's, it's the idea of um, an aha moment is another way of saying inspired. The aha moment is I've been ruminating on yeah various problems because I see that there's a fittedness there and I haven't quite solved the logic of the fittedness. So it hasn't quite come together. And then, you know, uh, the unexpected way in which it comes together. And then you go to bring that to somebody else to share. And you're like, well, what happened? And you say, well, I was inspired. Yeah. I think, you know, to, to put some legs to that, um, the story of the, uh, the French doctor who created the, uh, uh, the incubator or the, um, you know, the incubator for babies mm-hmm. um, in hospitals. Like before that you had in London or in uh, Paris, excuse me, a lot of you know, just huge rates of infant mortality. Sure. Um, because children would be born early and they couldn't yep. keep their, their body temperature up. They couldn't regulate it yet. <clears throat> so the, uh, this doctor had been just trying to figure out like, how do we, how do we stop this? There mm-hmm. are so many just, you know, children that are dying and parents that are losing their kids. Um, and so one day, after doing this research and this work for so many years, he goes to this like local sort of animal park or zoo and he's just eating his lunch, mm-hmm. sitting there one day, taking a break from work. Um, and as he's walking around the zoo later, he sees where there's like a bunch of uh, like birds 
and they have a bunch of babies and they're under a heat lamp. Mm -hmm. So then he starts thinking about that. And that connection to something that seemed outside of his work Mm -hmm. actually started to pull these things together. And so that's, that's the thing that people would say, oh, well, that's the inspirational moment. And it's like, no, it's almost like that's the last piece that fit in to make the box happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the point of lucidity. So uh, yeah, similar, I think it's Morris or Morris code, like the, Mm -hmm. the whole, you know, his family, I think it's Morris code. I'm, fact check this on the internet with me but his wife and kids died and he was away and so he's trying to get back to them but he's traveling by horse or whatever buggy and uh someone meets him on the way and said it's too late you're not going to be there for the the funeral and he was just destroyed as you could imagine and edison like electricity is like popping off as a thing Mm -hmm. so he was provoked by this problem like there was no way to communicate and someone else is working on electricity and the way it travels Mm -hmm. and somewhere in there Morris code emerges as like the precursor to telephones and text messaging. Yeah. You know? And so the inspiration was catastrophic problem Mm -hmm. or the provocation. Um, The outcome was uh, something that we all are utterly indebted to every one of us everyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's a staggering ratio, rate of change from a very personalized problem, difficulty, anguish to uh, a, a trajectory outcome that um, has continued to solve and begat more problems or IE opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how we think about inspiration. Then to me, um, not to turn it on its head, but the infinite scroll in, in, in social media and say like the gram, Instagram, whatever is uh, possibly more about taste preference. Mm. So what, what, um, what like titillates my visual aspiration? Mm-hmm. Like what gets my fancy as a painter? Let's say who, who do I now? I've seen some, I've, but, but we've I've been befriended and befriended on Instagram, and so I know the benefits. So I'm not I'm not you know lopsidedly there. But I also know what happens when I'm mindlessly scrolling. Yeah, and it's an endless sea, and I'm remote enough from anything that I don't necessarily feel the impact unless I prefer it. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for me, um, the provo- provoking is smaller, and I have to do more digging in order to be inspired. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that's fair. Both of these examples we talked about, it seems like folks were in some ways kind of going outside of kind of their preference or what they would be most immediately a part of. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, the doctor in, in France was at a zoo mm-hmm. looking at animals. Um, you know, Edison was hearing about someone he apparently knew who had this horrible thing happen. No, it was Morse. Oh. It was it's, it's Morse code. Oh, so Morse. <clears throat> Morse himself, last name, I think his name is Robert Morris. I can't remember. Um, keep going, though. But both but, of these folks, like, it's kind of outside of what they're doing, right? Like, this is stuff that's not coming from their, like, direct research, maybe, or the direct process. Um, and they're actually helped by it because it, it kind of puts their mind into a different place. That the inspiration Samuel almost... Samuel Morris. So Samuel Morris, yeah. So yeah. almost like their mind has to have more than just one input variable. 
And so I think, you know, for me, one of the things if we're talking about uh, cultivating inspiration versus this idea of an infinite scroll, I mean, the easiest thing to say is for me, like social media needs to just kind of have its place, Mm -hmm. you know? So like if, if all I'm doing is looking online for my inspiration, Mm -hmm. I probably need to go to a museum. I probably need to read a book. Probably need to watch some movies, listen to some music. I probably need to go hang out with friends at a restaurant, even like a crappy chain restaurant that maybe you don't prefer. Like there's going to be things in all of those areas that are going to do it. Right. But also to understand a bit more holistically how this stuff looks, that inspiration doesn't necessarily come just because I'm stuck in my studio and just because I'm reading that book or I'm doing my painting, I'm staring at this canvas or this, you know, whatever. Um, that there's stuff outside of it. So. Yeah. So the heightened, heightened, uh, fun, real funny that Samuel Morris is, is a 1792 to like 18 something and he invented the telegram and um, he was a painter nice. and an inventor. Okay. It's not surprised. I mean, it's interesting. So that practice of, 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 of engagement uh, readies a mind to receive or to perceive uh, the summation of a, of a, a, a problem, turning a problem into an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, to solve future problems before they occur. Something about that tension. And so, um, you know, I wonder, you know, it depends on the nature and complexity of the problems you want to solve. You know, what, what do you want to make? And, um, and I think the infinite scroll is an app kind of dichotomy in a way because it's like it can just feel like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can feel like because you're not swimming in that stream, it's like the rules, the rule, the embedded rules of engagement of social media lead you to believe if you're not playing, you're not relevant. Yeah. And it's true, not true. Like I'm not playing NBA basketball, so I'm not relevant to NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. But that's not the totality of life. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, you know, maybe I don't show as much on Instagram. That isn't by itself the way in which an artist lives or dies. Still, yeah. still. So uh, I see a lot of great art on Instagram. I see a lot of terrible art mm-hmm. with like people always posing, sitting down and laying that provo- provocatively next to their paintings. And the art is just terrible. Mm-hmm. It just is. It's not very good. They're free to do it and have a good time. And I'm not opposed to that. But um, it doesn't assure anything even when you're playing by the rules. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, it seems that, you know, social media becomes a bad measuring stick for whether or not the outcome of that inspiration is actually happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think uh, capturing some thoughts on inspiration is helpful, just like thinking about inspiration. Like, what do we actually mean by that? Well, we don't want to assume it. It's, it's just more, com- it's, more uh, it's more of a wonderfully com- complex notion and uh, that has some real discourse to it. And it's worth wading into the discourse um, because maybe we overestimate inspiration. Mm. Yeah. You know, we wait for it and it never shows up. Ironically, because inspiration comes at the expense of work. Mm -hmm. So if you're not working, you're less positioned to be inspired. Yeah, it's a, I mean, this may sound like a really like kind of far field thing, but over the holidays, uh, my family and I were traveling and, um, on the way we had, um, one of our spark plugs more or less disintegrated in mm-hmm. the valve. So we were able to get to where we were going and we had to do some stuff to fix it. Well, once we fixed what the problem was, something else happened and I didn't know where to go with it. 
I was kind of stuck. I was in an impasse. Um, and so I started looking around on the internet at different forums, seeing what was going on, what might it be, getting a million different answers. Well, I wasn't going to just start doing one of them and hope it helped. So for a few days, I was very angry because I was just sitting there kind of waiting for the answer to come of what's going to make our car work right again, what's going to make it do what it needs to do and behave how it should. Nothing happened. And so one day I got tired of that and I just went outside and I started checking things, unscrewing things, looking at stuff. And sure enough, stumbled across the answer. Now, I wouldn't have been able to have that answer and get the car working and rolling down the street and going where it needed to go and getting back up to snuff if I hadn't actually been active in that process. Right. If I was still just sitting That's inside right. being mad about it, yeah. waiting for somebody to kind of tap me on the shoulder and say, oh, here's what it is. Yeah. We'd still be stuck there with the issue in the car. But mm-hmm. because I started poking around, like I was able to actually get into the context of the issue. Mm-hmm. And that work started to show different things that pointed to other answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that's real. And and that's why the inspiration is uh, deeply appreciated and felt because it means something based on the need and urgency of the work and the, maybe the problem you're, you're looking to solve, whether it's a very deeply personal problem or it's a much larger problem that you care deeply about or, you know, or, or you don't care about. And then you get to the answer and you're like, Oh, now all of a sudden now I'm very invested in this. Mm-hmm. I, I actually care about it. Um, and so, um, Again, I think there's an anemic way that inspiration is understood. Um, and then there's a, maybe a fuller way. And the fuller way scales down inspiration. Uh, um, inspiration can get thrown around in an equivocated way with like genius. Oh, yeah. These other problem, yeah, they're inspired. Such an inspired artist. And we, it's, it's us grasping at superlatives to describe uh, something excellent or you know, that, that is, uh, it's, it's just hard to make sense of. And sometimes the making sense of that is our way to grasp at bringing it down mm-hmm. a notch because, um, we're threatened by it. And so I understand protective language when it's used to keep that from happening. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, complicated thing. I think the problem for me is, is, um, how much we, in a watered down way, assume these things. It's like whenever someone says awesome, mm-hmm. you know, I do all the time. I come from Southern California. So awesome, yeah. dude. It's like, you know, thing as a <laughs> teenager, but, um, the use of the term for everything has left me sometimes, uh, with an insufficient sense of what's truly awesome. Mm-hmm. So not only am I, have I wore out the term, but it's actually war- by using it in ways that are less than awesome. Um, I've wore myself out to what might actually be awesome. You see what I'm saying? The oh, yeah. same, same mm-hmm. is true with inspired. Oh, I was inspired today. Oh, I was inspired today. Oh, I was inspired today. Well, that's the infinite scroll. So then like, I think with our last kind of point, what, uh, how, how do, what, what are some practices maybe where we could start to cultivate inspiration in a positive way that gets to that, like larger scale, yeah. but more drilled down that you're talking about. Well, I think you got to risk getting way outside of yourself without yeah. seeing a pragmatic relationship back to what you care. So in other words, if you're like, I want to be a famous artist, you got to get so far outside of yourself and so invested in, you know, a couple, couple diagnostics. When's the last time you've been truly brought out of yourself to where you're, um, 
you almost it's self forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, when's the last time you've been really drawn out of yourself? Yeah, and ask yourself, and then and then turn some critical out of that. Like, what actually, what were the effects that drew? Like, what were the uh, compositional effects of that experience that draw drew me out of myself? You know, what 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 did it? And and kind of think on that, ruminate on that. And um, well, so I would add to that, not just outside yourself, but I, I would I would push people to move at least at times outside of their discipline, um, oh, outside yeah. of their their practice. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean. There's, we'll, we'll talk a whole lot, you know, in our culture about like self-care and taking yeah. the time and things like that. And that's all definitely true, the need for that. But within art and design practice, I think it's very important to realize that sometimes like reading a book is actually very proactive in yeah. terms of inspiration and cultivating yeah. that, you know, um, there's well, you know, certain, can you, can you just sit down and listen to somebody and talk to them Yeah, without you constantly referring to yourself? Mm-hmm. Very, um, so that's what I mean by get outside of your get outside of yourself to where you're not justifying it by how it's going to benefit you. Yeah, practice that. Well, and I I kind of mean it in the same way with outside of your discipline. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. does this have to be directly? Does there have to be a direct correlation between right. me doing this and my practice improving or, yeah. or whatever it that's may right. be? Um, yeah. You know, in the same sort of sense because there's you know there's certain directors that I know that I watch a, a film they do and mm-hmm. I go away and I'm like wow I feel like new ideas in my head just from seeing something that has nothing to do with what I do. Totally. Provo- it's provoking. Yeah. Yeah. The, those are the ahas that come on, uh, seemingly accidental to the occasion. Right. But they're really another way of talking about the way in which we're enriched and enlarged. That's mm-hmm. the, to put the shoe on the other foot, you know, the, the contemporary artist that wants the audience who doesn't look at art to look at art. Well, why? So they can have an aha kind of experience that mm-hmm. enlarges and changes the scope of the way they see the world, right? Um, the assumption in there is that the difference from their normal pattern of life is is part of what's necessary in order to achieve that. Well, that's true in the opposite way too. Mm-hmm. So if you're just looking at um, art on on social media, you're impoverished and, and atrophying actually, which is not really a critique on Instagram. It's a critique on the, the individual. Right. Yeah. Cause there, I mean, I, and again, I think kind of go back to an earlier point when we talk about inspiration, like this, this, it cannot be a passive activity. Like mm-hmm. there's something very active about it. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to go and seek inspiration. I want to be a part of things. I want to have my mind, even on social media, I want to have my mind engaged so that I have a critical eye to how this may or may not be something that is yeah. inspiring or helpful or whatever it may be yeah. in that situation. Um, I think those are helpful, like, you know, to, to be there, to be present, yeah. to, uh, to understand that not everything has to be like just involved with your art or design mm-hmm. or whatever. whatever like Totino's pizza. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> So like, I mean, I, I ate the. We talked about that. I we we had seasons in our life where we just ate oh, potato yeah. pizza, and uh, my excitement for that cardboard box tasting pizza in the way you could fold it like a taco, yeah, um, was exciting to me. And then mm-hmm. that excitement just made me ready to go back and be creative and in, in, with my lack of funds and material in my my studio. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to, no need to like discount just the uh, the the pure, fantastic nature of uh, like those uh, endorphins and things that yeah. blow off in your brain that actually do influence your work a little yeah. bit yeah. in terms of what you're doing and how you're doing it. 
Um, even if it's coming from a <laughs> garbage Totino's pizza. <laughs> I just had to say, I just wanted to say Totino's, but <laughs> also, but also, you know, like, I mean, I think that, uh, the, uh, the inspiration thing, you know, I was thinking about the lack of, lack of resources. And so that, that's part of it is that sometimes think about places in your life that are outside of your making practice where you're still mm-hmm. inspired, where it still provokes you and you get excited. And it happens with food all the time. I mean, oh, heck yeah. You know, I it mean, happens with, it could happen with thrift store shopping. Half of social media yeah. is pictures yeah. of food, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, the idea, joke? yeah. So like work, work with what you got. Yeah, definitely. Um, cause yeah, I think it's, it's, it's always easy to say like, oh, it's easy to be inspired when you've already got X, Y, and Z yeah. in place. If I have the right easel, if I have the right laptop, if I have the, it's like, there's a lot of, uh, if I have, but that's the thing is when you often marvel at the person because they don't have. Yeah. And somehow they did. So it's like, and we know this. So where you're at is exactly where you need to be to make. Yeah. So if we're talking about cultivating inspiration, it's not the social media is terrible. It's yeah. just that it has to have, kind of be its own piece. Yeah. Right. And that piece, depending on how large it is, can sometimes be detrimental to the inspiration. Yep. Um, but go outside of yourself. Go outside of your discipline. Be active and engaged in it. Yep. And uh, I think you can find some good places for inspiration. That's right. All right. Perfect. Boom. Fantastic. Are we below 30? Yes. We are below 30. Boom. So we are good to go. Below, below, below 30. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being a part. We'll catch you next time. See ya. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.